Reebok pumps. Reebok pumps. I, the shoes. I, I, I'm you, gonna, you don't know anything about I, that? Yeah, I thought there were – is this like when there was like those Nike Air pumps, like Michael Jordan pumps where you could pump them? Like yeah, that was Reebok. Was that Reebok? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh. yeah. You don't remember this? This didn't right. occupy a lot of mind share in your, in your uh, um, childhood? It, uh, let me think. It, I was aware of them, and I, I was re- aware of a sketch from some sketch comedy show of some sort. I don't think it was SNL. It might have been in Living Color. It might have been Mad TV. Know, Mad TV or one of those where uh, – or it might have been a little bit in a movie maybe – where somebody pumped them so much that they exploded. Yeah, that's coming to mind, but and it, it's probably an obvious reference that that yeah. I should be able to get. Uh, it feels it, like it could be an Austin Powers it was, or something. It was like but, a, yeah, a gag gift, but, a gag uh, set up in like one of in the, a movie. In a movie, I think that's what uh, right. And it's probably a stupid movie too. Pro- yeah. that, um, that would make sense. It was a it was a phenomenon when. You would have this uh, in the in the tongue of the shoe. You would have the little round uh, orange basketball shaped pump, and you could squeeze it. And then there's a little air bladder around on either side of the shoe that you would feel it pump. You know, squeeze your foot. And the idea was you lace up your shoes. These are basketball shoes, so you lace up your shoes, and then you pump them up, and then that air pressure even more snug fit, and that makes you better at basketball. Now it's ob- it's an obvious gimmick. It's just a gimmick, yeah. right? Yeah. But it's such a good gimmick. As far as gimmicks go. Because it's fun for the person who has the shoes because it feels like a real thing. You can pump them up and then had a little release valve so you could like slide it and it let out the pressure. But it also was such a good thing aspirationally because everyone else wondered what it felt like. Right. It felt, it was like, because the, Regardless it probably of, didn't affect performance in any way at, at, at all. all. <laughs> if if anything, it might have been a distraction. And stuff, Who or, knows? Or, 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 but the feeling you could literally like you, you could uh, feel exactly. It, it you could a, literally feel it, and so it was like a sensation in your shoes that you didn't have before. And so, and also, just the design of them was well done, such that it had this really obvious branding to it. You know, it had this yeah. bright orange thing where it's like, oh, those are pumps. Those are real pumps. And I remember there being a kid in third grade or whatever who had them, you know. And who had them? He ha- actually had oh, them. Oh, no, you didn't have them. No, I didn't. There was a not. kid. But there was a kid who had them. And he was like the first one to get them. Other kids got them. But like, he was the first one to get them. And it was like, oh, everyone wants to go over and do it. And like, yeah. he would, he, sometimes he would I let remember, you like squeeze them, you know, like to pump them up. I, I do believe I had classmates that had them. Yeah. And so, you, so the kid's like that. a celebrity for having the shoes. Yeah. That's why they're. That's why they, for me. Anyway, uh, I have such a memory of them. Well, so I mean, it was. I, I get that it's aspirational too, because like I think uh, you know when I was a kid we were going to Payless, right? So even exactly, you, like, we also name, went to Payless. A brand name sneaker. Yeah, is, any brand name. Sneakers. Any brand name sneaker yeah. was like out, out, out yeah. of the question. We did let pay- alone like this the fancy ones, the fancy ones, and right. also basketball shoes weren't necessary for me because I, I never played basketball. Well, but also it's I can and as a you know parent of a child I can see how they outgrow shoes quickly you're reluctant to buy any good shoes. And so it wasn't until I, I had Payless shoes until I was, I forget what age it was. 27? <laughs> no. I got to some point where I was complaining that my feet hurt. And it was just the strangest thing. The arches hurt or something. And my mom at one point was like, let's just try getting him shoes that aren't Payless shoes. Like shoes from any regular brand. And we did and they, and they stopped hurting. So it was like something to do with the like. Why pay more? Well, because your feet hurt. <laughs> uh, and so since the, and then I would just get regular Nikes and not very often because, you know, you had only had a, a certain, certain shoe budget. But, mm-hmm. um, and so, so pumps were out of the, out of the picture, but I could see them from afar, you know. And so at one point there was a brand called LA something. LA Kicks. Was it LA Kicks? I was going to say that. I think so. I mean, if L- you and I both are having this. LA Kicks. I don't think that's right, but it was something like the LA Knights, hmm. LA, LA, LA something, mm-hmm. LA Cool, LA Cool, LA Style. I don't know. Uh, I'm, uh, a Wikipedia search would turn this up. They had a pumps knockoff, so they had a thing that was like it had a pump on it, and <clears> you could <throat> like you could you could do the the pumping action. The other thing, just on on the sneaker on the sneaker beat. Uh, so a couple years ago, I went to uh, like a. Uh, running store in in Brooklyn to get a new pair of uh, sneakers, and it, and I was like, oh, uh, they had the, the one of the uh, uh, treadmills where they videotape, 
your feet, right? And they try to analyze, they, they kind of they make pseudoscience, analyze your gait. Because I have a pretty unique gait. Is that right? Um, actually, on my gait, uh, the, just the way I, I walk, I think, is, is unique. And I mean, years ago, I think during the... Um, one of the Iraq wars, uh, there was this talk of uh, the uh, the military developed technology that could, like, radar technology or, you know, like, uh, video technology where they could analyze from a, from a satellite imagery the, uh, 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 like, who the terrorist was that they wanted to target based on their gait. Hmm. You know, if they didn't have video footage of it, right. but they had, like, you know, they, they couldn't, you know, zoom in on the person, but they could right. see the gate, and they had developed a way of developing uh, like technology for on a, fing- a fingerprint on your gate. Uh, huh. Uh, like, well, the terrorists learned this, and then they put, like, a pebble in their shoe. Right, or, okay. Know. Anyways, and I, I think I have a very unique gate because I've, uh, I've, I've been, been told targeted by yeah, the yeah. Defense Department? Yes. Um, but so I was trying, trying on these... Uh, on the treadmill and trying different shoes and there was just this one um, pair of shoes that from a brand I'd never heard of or any, anything about this is several many years ago at this point um, and I tried them on and they were really comfortable hmm. they, they felt like air on, on my feet and I was like oh this is great and um, and I hadn't heard of the brand they were you know uh, relatively affordable and it seemed and they looked good too and so I got them and then I've been um, every time those shoes wear out I just the same model. The same exact one. And it's only been recently that um, the brand has really picked up. Oh. And I've now heard it advertised on podcasts, and I've now seen more and more people at the gym. Oh, really? Doing, and it's, I actually You're an early adopter. I was an early adopter without even knowing that this was something that was kind of cool. And it's, and I don't even know if it's how it's, I think it's O-N or on. It's like a. Oh, it's a, it's a Swedish, Swedish brand. Swiss and it's got the, like, the, the loops on the bottom. Yeah, like yeah. The loopy yeah. sole. Yeah. Yeah. And, but I just had the standard like black for many years, um, and they worked for me, and they, 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 I liked them also because they were slip-on, too. Or I didn't mm. have, they, they, um, anyways, I just had to get a new pair, and they were out of stock of the ones I've always been buying, so I got a different color. like a, like. But now I look like someone who's like... You joined, you're a bandwagoneer. Yeah. yeah. And I'm like, no, 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 I, 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 I was like, a, no, I'm, an, I was I'm, an, I'm an original. I'm an Owen hipster. Like, I was yeah. wearing these shoes before they were cool. <laughs> you just write that on the side of your shoes. Yeah. Now, do you think that in the Reebok uh, corporate headquarters at any point when they were going through the branding of this and calling them the pumps, that they said that there was ever a conversation, well, there's already a category of women's, sensible women's professional wear called pumps. Pumps. I don't want to confuse the market. No. But do you think, no, 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 no. Obviously, it doesn't. They don't it doesn't need matter. to worry about it. But uh-huh. do you think that, that it ever came up? It pr- I, and they're okay. like, oh wait, that's in a different category. Right. It's Fair a, enough. You know, when they're in the in that marketing brainstorm. Yeah, I bet somebody said. It, I bet it was a. It's somebody. It was in somebody in legal. Uh, <laughs> I, yes, I think it was not in legal. I think it was in the creative side, and they were saying, okay, what do we want to call these things? And somebody might have like questioned. You know, said, basically done it, said it the way you said it. It was like, what about the women's shoes called pumps? And they're like, yeah. And it was. Just, I, I think. I assume it was just brushed aside. They're like, yeah, they're totally different. Yeah. Doesn't matter. Yeah. These are. These are, these are it's like fourteen-year-olds. So. Right. Right. And you know, it's we're Reebok. Yeah. No one's going to confuse us with. And by the way, I think I just came up with. I think it was Austin Powers. Was that, it? That and it was a it, when he they woke him up from his deep freeze. Right. And they had him. Oh, like he's try doing all these different things of the modern that, era that he had been missing, and one of them right. I think was the pumps. And okay. like he pumped it so much that like it exploded. It exploded of like white powder in his face or yeah, something I remember like that. that. Yeah. Good one. So, um, so right now there is this whole thing on like two thousand dollars sneakers, right? And is there? Well, yeah, there's like a whole subculture around this. Sneakerheads. Like, Sneakerheads, and they're called like Nike something. They're all these are Nike sne- and other custom ones. And I, I, I have to, I have to plead like ignorance mm-hmm. on uh, many things. Sneaker, like I understand why some people like sneakers, um, and I think some sneakers look cool, but I just, I can't imagine ever spending two thousand dollars on on any. Footwear, right? Right, um, and there's not a version of like extremely nice dress shoes that you can imagine spending two thousand dollars on. M- maybe, but I, but extremely nice dress shoes, I think you can do really nice dress shoes for five hundred dollars, right? So maybe uh, it's, sure it's, it's, at every price point, but uh, yeah, okay. Um, but yes, sneakers, I think of as a consumer, it is. Uh, it's hard to imagine spending that amount of money. 
unless yeah. you are wealthy to the point where that amount of money is is what we would consider a you know two hundred dollars or whatever, which is still a lot of money, but it's like it's not, you know, it's for me anyway. Two thousand dollars is a not insignificant well, amount. And that's the thing is, and I don't know all the facts, but that's not going to stop me from no, he, in. yeah, plow forward. Uh, but there is a viral video of uh, some teacher, public school teacher, uh, and his students chipped in to buy him a pair of sneakers okay and he got um, overwhelmed with emotion and right. i think there's a backstory like his got stolen or he had something and and these were i don't think 200 sneakers i think they were much more expensive sneakers okay right? and there were some hot you know sneaker right and he gets emotional and it was a, one of these kind of feel-good stories that like the morning news shows love to to post yeah um and i saw it and, I and like, you would know this because you watch morning news shows no but it it's funny actually. because that's not how i would phrase that i would say that that you know go around on the internet or that yeah go, I saw, you know i, I saw it viral on, on reddit or I, whatever yeah i saw it on maybe reddit uh and then i saw it in someone's instagram story uh-huh and then a couple like a week later as it churns through the american media uh, uh machine, um uh i remember seeing it walking by a tv that was playing uh, a morning news show, and I saw it on that. Walking by TV in like a store window? What era? What year is know. this? I don't know. It, it was no. I was in a hotel okay. lobby, and they had they had TV playing. They had a TV playing, and I saw. I'm like, wait, I've already seen that video like a week ago. But now it's being on and the, it, now it's on the morning news. And I could see the. I didn't hear it, but I, I saw the Chiron. You know, students pitch in for, and it's a one of those stories that's like custom made for uh, for for these kind of morning uh, morning shows. But. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> so I and, and you know it's one of those I, I always get I I always get a little bit about these kind of obvious tugs at your heartstring type stories um when uh how do I like I want to unpack this a little bit. Okay. I think there are genuine stories of when people coming together and supporting um, someone in need and the community coming together. And I think that there is something very wonderful about that. Mm-hmm. But sometimes I find that they take the, the, the stories have the wrong angle on it. So it's, oh, this worker had to wa- walk 10 miles to, to their job every day. So uh, bought them a car. Isn't that great? And mm-hmm. it's like, well, kind of, or people chipped in and get them a car. It's like, kind of, but wouldn't it be better if we had a society where uh, we wouldn't have to rely on that kind of arrangement? That, that we, or yeah, we, this, we had this a, reminds me of the like GoFundMe. Yeah, uh, GoFundMe. That was going to be my next example. Like all the these people medical, came together uh, to, to um, pitch in for these plan. medical services, and right. it's like, well, wouldn't it be great if uh, people? Right. You, bought, didn't, you didn't require like a one-off charity for. Uh, each person's right. situation, or, or to t- for tug- run-of-the-mill situations, for, yeah, for for you know healthcare that most other developed countries have uh, figured out ways to pay for via taxes right. and uh, uh, and government services, and and so I, I it's and so it's in this, but this is not that this this viral story of like, but it's also. He didn't need those sneakers, like they, you know what I mean. Like they were, they weren't. It wasn't. Yeah, like, they were representative of. But they were representative else. of a gesture of. Yeah. As a, the, I think the story works as a story because it's oh, uh, these students came together to show how much they valued and appreciated this teacher. That I I, I love and I, I think it's great and I uh, support it. Um, I, I and maybe it's I should just stop right there and not criticize the fact that, but they're for some designer sneaker. Uh, right. You can kind of decouple the actual thing from the, the from the, the effort, yeah. the, you know, the gesture from the specific thing. Yeah. Um, but back to sneakers. Yeah. <laughs> but no, I, I agree. I, I, I do find it interesting how big of a delta there is between the people who enjoy and love and clearly get something out of sneakers uh, and me who sees them as, as uh, like, I, I, you know, I, I think they're interesting, but I, I don't get it. I'm the, you know what I mean? Like, mm. like beyond... Hundred dollars, hundred fifty, even two two hundred dollars feels like a lot. Like, but beyond beyond you know what brand new sneakers cost um, from a name brand, you know, whatever. Uh, I'm missing whatever it is that can make a sneaker cost more than let's say two hundred dollars. Yeah, like I don't I I don't yeah, and I, I'm not I, saying there isn't something there, but I'm yeah. saying I can't I don't get it. You yeah I, yeah I, I I'm with you. Uh, I I 
I can understand. This is also how I feel about sports, though. I can intellectually, to some degree, understand why I understand why other people like sports. I just don't happen to like sports, um, and I can understand why people uh, get passionate about sneakers, especially high-end sneakers. I, I get it. There is, but it, it in just, the sense that, like, it's a rare thing or a special thing, and you can understand that dynamic just in general. Yeah, and it's just, but it's just not something I tap into right. the passion for. Is there a thing for you where you? Are a whatever head and need and want and, and enjoy um, the the version of the thing that most people think is crazy um, puns. Oh yeah. Okay. Uh, actually, you know what? Uh, I am a, a anti ad head. Okay. Say more about that. So I uh, I subscribe to like most of the streaming services um and i probably in in even in a way and i'm willing to pay five or ten bucks or 15 bucks a month on some of these uh just so i don't have to ever watch ads i never want okay i never want to watch an ad so you're willing to pay the extra whatever you know yeah i think they're in like for example there's a you know i think hulu has different price points right Right. and i whatever it is five bucks more Ad free, right? Yeah, of course, of course. Yes, like, I, I feel the same same way. But I think um, and, and same with Spotify and Pandora and things. I think I actually still have subscriptions to both. But when I'm somewhere, like at someone's, at someone else's house or at a place of business, and someone's playing music, and then I hear an ad, oh, you just go, you just get enraged. I get. I mean, I'm like, what is going on here? You know, it, well, it, because it, you have the cho- in, previously in the network era. There was no choice because you could just tune your radio to or tune your television to the the channel. The ads were part of it, and what it seems sounds like what you're saying is, given that we're already paying for, yeah, you might as well pay for the non-ad version. Right, right. And there's a small here's a weird caveat though. Um, I don't mind listening to radio, 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 radio with ads. Why is that? There's something I, I can't put my finger on it because I was I was actually thinking about this. Uh, I went skiing for the first time in like a, a ten to, over ten years, and um, I was at this uh, ski resort in in Colorado, and they were playing the loc- at the chairlift area. They had big speakers, and they were playing a local uh, Colorado radio station. Oh, interesting! And playing um, forty and uh-huh. kind of rock music. Um, and 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 with commercials and all that and, and and there's something about it that was like oh I kind of like this because it was there were DJs like a real DJ a real DJ yeah I agree and they were talking about local stuff okay you know inter- right. or they would give the, the the tag I don't know what they call it the audio tag for uh, like like what station it is yeah KCRW or that's, uh-huh. that's actually an LA public radio station but you know whatever right, the local whatever station it is was. and they would have someone reporting on things and maybe they even. Uh, mention an event coming up or, you know, uh, powering the music for the local skier. You know, right. I, I, that I kind of... But it felt mind. like you were in a place. I felt like I was in a place. I don't mind hearing maybe a little bit of ads. Um, but when you have a Pandora or a Spotify ad, you're just hearing internet ads. Right. And it's like a YouTube autoplay video that you can't skip. Right. And it's like, ugh. Yeah. There's something about the quality of it. I feel like, there, you know, you would need to peel back the layers a little bit more to, to really get at what this is. But there is something where when the DJ, the ads, and the music is all sort of a cohesive whole that goes with the place, the time and place, it's less um, jarring, it's less noticeable, it's less offensive. Yeah. And then if it's, like you said, internet ads have this sort of sterile quality to them yeah. that is not offensive, doesn't fit. Right. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's this kind of like um, bland... Uh, inoffensive, but because of that, it it seems like um, an artificial sweetener. When I hear an ad um, for an internet <laughs> streaming service, music s- streaming service, um, in a in a restaurant mm. or a bar or uh, like a gym, yeah, I'm like, oh, this is you can afford. The, the, yeah, you can afford. Twenty bucks a month, or whatever it is. Yeah, but I, I do think in public spaces, you there is a, a different fee you have to pay. Yeah, okay, um, that's part of your cost of doing business, right? Unless it's a, for example, like local restaurant where clearly they're working on thin margins. Uh, I I I feel like if you're a place of business, you that you have to bake that into it. If you yeah. want, if you want there to be music, you have to pay for the music. Yeah, 
So okay, so that's a thing that you are I'm, sensitive I'm, to. I'm, I'm, yeah, you're willing I'm, to pay for. I'm, I'm willing that, to pay for. I feel it. that feels like a less satisfying answer to the question so, because it's yeah, not yeah. a it's not a thing. It's not an object. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. Um, I guess I uh, maybe now I, I'm getting at something. This is it. I'm a I'm a sneakerhead equivalent for convenience and uh, and automation things to some degree. So, do you do you subscribe to Postmates? No. Well. No, but I do seamless. Right. Um, but in, l- less about that and more about um, our, and this is where like the streaming services, like like our TV, uh, we got uh, last year or year before, got a really nice TV, OLED TV, and also uh, connected our home uh, with uh, Amazon Echo and uh, the Philips Hue lights mm-hmm. and the Waymo uh, outlets. And so like our, our apartment is like voice automated, right? And so you can give it, a, you can tell it to do something, and then all the at the same time, right? Um, and or music can play, and without all, without a lot of, um, <laughs> without a lot of filler. Like, so I, I customized the Amazon. First of all, we we say instead of Alexa, uh, we say Echo. Okay. Um, because that's one of the you can choose you can that. choose one. And it's, okay. And I feel like it's shorter and it doesn't come up as much in conversation. Um, and there's also the setting where uh, usually the default is Alexa responds, and it's like you know Alexa, turn off the lights, and it'll be, the the computer voice will say okay, right, and make a little and or Alexa, play music. Okay, I'm going to play this music. And it's right. Like, I don't want any of that. Right. To cut that all. You just want to do it. Just turn on the lights. Yeah. Or turn off the lights, and you can default. Now they, it does make a sound, but I don't hear that mm. the voice. And I so I like to I'm a sneakerhead, if you will, for automation and optimizing a like a simple clean experience so okay so that i follow what you're saying which means like no ads right you know uh no filler no boot up um no you know no extraneous uh noise like i I really you know i don't like uh i do a lot of skipping the intros on netflix uh uh i mean i watch the opening credits once or twice but then i always skip are there any shows where you always watch um, there are a couple of shows where we, you know, we, we don't, you know, we sometimes skip, but like, uh, yes, there's somewhere like for us, like part, the credits are kind of part of the mood setting. Yeah. Yeah. Parks and Rec. Uh, yeah. We'll always watch, uh, we'll always, uh, play the credits because we kind of do a song along with it. You sing along. And we sing. And That's, like, I, I don't know. That may be that, one we of the all time great we, we, we harmonize theme songs. Right. Along and we do, oh, well, we do, I'm not sure. Like, and, and we have our own little like, mm, bop. Bop. And then we, we add our own kind yeah. of instruments into it. Okay. And it's a thing we do. Um, Can't skip that. No. And there are a couple other. Uh, I think. Uh, have you seen. No. Um, I think you're fine missing it. Like it's, <laughs> I think. I, it's, I, I, I watched the first episode and I hated it. And then I heard enough good things about it. Like, I'll give it a try. And it's been fine. You know what I mean? It's. I'm. I'm. I'm I'm not mad that I've watched it. It's, but it's not my favorite. <laughs> That's the bar. I'm not mad that I watched yeah, it. Yeah, and there's some things about it that I find very compelling, and uh, some of the production quality is 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 great. Some of the performances are really great, but the writing is really uneven. I think, um, although the performances sometimes make up for it. Uh, but that said, it the opening is among the worst openings I've ever seen, uh, and it's this animated. Um, this animated thing and it's supposed to be evocative and it's like these little uh, dots, little balls, like chasing other, each other and changing colors and I, I couldn't follow what they're trying to signify with it mm-hmm. and it's long. Oh, really? It's like like 90 seconds long or something crazy. Right. And Apple TV Plus hasn't caught up to how Netflix does the skip intro right and the apple tv even the skip intro you even if you do that you still get like 10 seconds right they, they, more than you want yeah and it's like no no no, no this is this is bad and yeah. the music isn't good the graphic it's confusing and it's so back to sneakers well all i was saying is <laughs> you're describing an experience you're you're not describing a uh an object, a thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and furthermore, you're describing what I see as a fairly, a, a not uncommon setup, which is you have a, you know, you have an Alexa, you have the Hue light bulbs, you have the, uh, you know, the powered outlets. You're not doing, um, like, 
build your own electronics or write your own automation code or no, it's something not, yeah, where yeah, like it's other people that. would consider it weird. Like the thing about the two thousand dollars sneaker is that most people are like, "How much for a what?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're so right. you're looking for. And something I'm not doing custom code. I, I, there are certain apps that I had to like learn how to work together and connect and all that, and th- so it doesn't take any kind of coding or programming. I mean, or you did like the that. work. Yeah, but I did the work. I don't, don't want I've had enough visitors that. to my apartment who have been, I don't want to say impressed, but like surprised. I think or, we could say impressed, uh, like mildly surprised uh, or mildly impressed. Like, oh, there, wait, how did you do all that? Right. How did that just? So control? you actually did put, even though it's, it's Legos to a degree, you did put a lot of them together. Yeah, and because yeah. I, I, we also have uplighting, which uh, I think right. is you know un- undervalued. Uh-huh. Uh, uh, and so it's not just like the overhead lights or the table lamps, but uh, uplighting as well. Anyway. <laughs> uh, so what? Maybe the sneakerhead thing version that I have that I, I know you also have is um, not that I'm a, a Apple fanatic, but I I am an iPhone head in the mm-hmm. sense that I I prefer to have the latest version of the iPhone just so I have the latest best version of a of a camera available. Right. I would say that's that's probably the closest thing that, that comes to mind as a you know what's the intersection between things that I purchase frequently and the cost of those things. You know, there's things I purchase infrequently that are expensive and things that I purchase frequently that are not expensive, but the intersection of those is probably iPhones, I would say, because, you know, you're you're buying a new one every year, you're selling the old one, so you're really paying the delta in terms of what the resale price is, plus, unless you're going to keep the old one. Um, but the, my justification is the same as yours. It's the camera. So it's like, oh, how how valuable are the photos of your kids or how, you know what I mean? Where it's like, you want the, you want the best, you want the best camera. Yeah. And what's, I mean, what's an equivalent of a sneaker head? Like what are some other things that fall into that category? You know, is it, you know, people who like, so like, the other I mean, thing besides about clothing and let's get away from clothing and, right. and apparel. Cause I think we could say, Oh, someone's a, a jeans head. Right. Or, uh, well, you're looking for something where there is an available version of the thing that is 10 at 10. Okay. Right? Because the thing about, about a sneaker, uh, a $2,000 sneaker, is not that it costs $2,000. It's that it's comparing it to the $200 one. Right. It's, it's, the, it's the comparison that's shocking. So it would be, you know, I don't know, it's a, a car that costs a quarter million dollars or something like that. Right, or it's right, like, right. Or, or whatever. Right. Yeah. But I guess and this, this gets to, it's, it's, a, it's a signaling mechanism, right? Okay. So it's it's probably the wrong comparison set to say a two thousand dollars sneaker is like a two hundred dollar or hundred dollar sneaker because that's not what it should be compared to. A two thousand dollars sneaker is akin to um, a five thousand dollar purse, right? Or You're signaling bag, that or, I'm buying type. I am. I have a rare thing, like you said. It's signaling. It's not a better sneaker. It's a, but it's it's better for its purpose of signaling something yeah. fashion related. And so and it's so it's something that. Uh, maybe the general public will notice or take note of or look at, but really you're trying to signal to your fellow... Your peer group. Your peer group. Or or an aspirational peer group. Yes. Right. You're saying, I'm part of this group who will get it. Right. And so I'm thinking, too, of like people who have really, uh, you know, cars that are more valuable and probably represent a greater share of their net worth or income Mm -hmm. um, than they otherwise would have, right? You know, so, oh, the uh, I don't know cars. So tell me, like instead of the Honda, I'm gonna get the um, Mercedes. Sure. Right. And I'm and I'm and and, and yet I'm a you know uh, somebody of a certain modest, relatively modest means that I wouldn't be able to afford the, the Mercedes. Right. But, but I'm gonna make I it. Put all my money. Right. All my spare money is going into getting this because I'm a car head. Because I'm a car head. Right. And I want to signal, you know, that I, you know, yeah, maybe I can't make rent this month, but I have my Mercedes, and I, 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 I mean, that's it. a dire picture you're posting. You're, you're, I'm not, I'm not making, painting, I'm, but or, sure, yeah, you know what I'm saying. Like, yeah. or maybe I, I wear thirty dollars sneakers, um, in a, you know, right, you're gonna eighty thousand dollar car to make it to make it work. Yeah, yeah. I, maybe people, you know, wear two thousand dollar sneakers in a twenty thousand dollar car. Uh, right, or you know, you live, you, you could have. Um, well, I don't know. I guess you could have anything, but I was just pic- trying to f- picture what it would be like for somebody to wear the two thousand dollars sneakers, who are of like what I would think of as normal means. Um, yeah. And it's like, well, I mean, you could okay. So we might think that that's a misuse of two thousand dollars, but other people could be like, well, you spent that on a computer, or you spent that on, you know, you spent more than that on a car, yeah. even a cheap car. And uh, so, 
in the same way that somebody could buy a car. Or you spent that on a medical procedure for a loved one. Ugh. Lame. <laughs> All right, what's the next topic? Augmented reality. Augmented reality. AR. AR. Not to be confused with VR. That's right. Or AI. They're commonly uh, put in the same buzzword bucket, but yeah, they're, you know, yeah, they're different things. Uh, usually in the same BB. So we call it buzzword buckets. Is that what they call it? Yeah. So when you say you have a BB gun, it's a gun to shoot buzzwords out of a yes, bucket? out of a bucket. I didn't yeah. know that. Yeah, yeah. That's a, that's, that's a creative technology. Yeah, that's huh. not too bad. Uh, so augmented reality, um, first of all, wouldn't we all want to augment our reality? <laughs> you're, just, you're just looking at what those words mean? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, my reality sure. could be better. Sure, right? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so th- it, it's, it's one of these things that, always seems on the precipice of becoming something. Meaning people have been talking about it for a long time? Yeah, it's, it's always the next new thing. Okay. But it never actually becomes the next new thing. Uh, yeah, well, yes, but. Yes, and. The, there are examples of things that people are... The tech, I would say the technology is nonetheless progressing. Yeah, no, the technology is good. I'm not. I'm not. I'm, well, the, but I'm, I'm, it, how it's I'm saying something slightly different. But I, I'm saying about how it be, how it becomes. I would say the biggest use case of augmented reality is uh, Snapchat and Instagram filters. Okay, so that's a good example of something that, that I think, and I think that might be the most popular. That's right. Or the, the, the most widely used. But uh, version the implication of how, of how you're phrasing this is like, and therefore it won't ever be something. No, I'm saying it is something. Yeah, right. And I'm, my point out is that the trivial acceptance and, and integration of, of these features into something that's a toy, something that's just this trivial or this, this sort of um, uh, into this fun feature of a social networking app uh, is a measure of its success. The fact that we can like use these kind of technological marvels in some way. If you were yeah. to show this to somebody five or ten years ago, they'd it would be shocking. It'd be like, wow, that's, that's incredible. And you'd say, yeah, how many people are using this? Millions, millions of people. This is a thing everyone's familiar with. Yeah. It'd be like, oh, that, that must be like the future. Like that's a scene from a sci-fi. So often now I find myself like going through something that's like, this is a scene in a sci-fi movie not very long ago. Yeah. Where it's like, oh, everyone's trivially has augmented reality features that if you did this in a movie in 2005, you would have to have a visual effects budget to pull this off. Right. And, and, here, and here it's like, oh, it's just going to be a thing that everyone does on their phone. So, yes, and <laughs> uh, I'm going to augment uh, yeah. those comments. Um, I, 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 and yet, it's, it's not quite... What would it need to be? What, what are you missing? Um, Is it the form factor of looking at it through, you know, a couple inches of glass? Is that the problem that we're that's, looking through this little peephole? I think that's part of it. I think I agree. I think that's a big. This I think is that's part a big of the part reason of why every time Apple, did, so Apple's been doing a lot of foundational work, building technology to make it um, easier for developers to do AR stuff, which is great. That's one of the one of the pieces of the puzzle. One of the big pieces of the puzzle. Every time they demonstrate AR on on at a keynote or something, they do it with an iPad, and the reason is because it's more glass, so you can kind of look, you can see it. But even that, everyone, everyone talks about the glasses, right? And I think part of the reason for that is the exact reason you're pointing out here, which is that a screen is so much smaller and so much more cumbersome than just looking around in the world. And yet, virtually all of the use cases for augmented reality are visual use cases. Right. Although somebody did point out that the new AirPods are the first commercially like our version of our augmented reality but it's for your ears rather than how, how so they do noise cancellation but they also do environmental awareness on top of noise cancellation so what they so the way it works is that they do noise cancellation but then they let selectively let environmental noise through so you can so what is environmental noise defined as uh just you know the noise around you so imagine you're on the platform right have you ever um platform the subway platform okay so imagine you're on the subway platform and you're wearing like in-ear headphones right yep. and it's like wearing um it's like uh earplugs right you can't hear anything around you which i don't know about you i don't feel super safe being in and around like new york with 
over-the-ear like noise-canceling headphones or in-ear ones that isolate all the sound. Yes, it makes it easy or possible to hear whatever you're listening to over the sound of the train coming in, but it's not particularly safe because you don't have any environmental noise. You can't hear if someone's coming up from behind you or whatever is going on. Traditionally, the, the, the choices have been you can wear headphones that let you hear the world around you, but when the train comes in, you can't hear your podcast anymore. Or you can wear something that's isolating, but you are therefore isolated from all the world around you as well. AirPods Pro are the first product that do both, where it does noise cancellation such that it keeps it possible to hear whatever you're listening to while still letting in the sound of people and uh, vehicles and things around you, just modulated to a, a volume that makes it so that it doesn't compete too much with what you're listening to. So it's an augmented reality, but to me... It's an oral reality. It's an augmented oral reality. Rather than an augmented visual reality. Right. Which is and what we're usually it, talking about. And I feel about. like when we're talking about augmented reality. Also, there's a version of... I mean, that that technology has been around to some degree for uh, people with hearing aids, uh, to some degree. Yes, although... Yes. Yes, one could say that hearing aids is sort of a precursor right. to that, where... And you can imagine future, even more sophisticated versions of that, uh, where, and I think what you're searching for or, or waiting for before you sort of kind of uh, accept that, yes, this is an example of AR, is a more integrated visual reality. Yes. And I think that uh, it, it, maybe it's, uh, it's one of the things that will, I should just accept that the uh, auditory augmented reality is, is here and that maybe I should just get on board with that. And, and thinking of um, the movie Her uh, with Joaquin Phoenix, who's the director of that? Remind me. Spike Jones. Spike Jones, right. Um, like, I thought that was a very precious, because to, to some sense, I think that's even more of an augmented reality from an auditory perspective, right, where you have this like personalized personal assistant um, that is talking to you that's in your ear all the time. And, um, and I, I think that movie like kind of hit on some interesting themes and playing that out. So that to me, I think is even more so than air, air, AirPod pro or uh, what have you. But I, but when I think of augmented reality, though, I still think visually augmented. Yeah. reality. Oh, I and, think everybody does. And, and, and we're imagining things floating in air that aren't really there, but they seem to be, you know, in three dimensional space. Yeah. And, and the it, one that, the one that the use case that jumps out to me is driving. Because we have, you have your phone, which has, which has successfully replaced maps, and it will route you from wherever you are. But if you're driving, you can't look down at your phone. And so you have Google that, that will, like, speak to you as you're going. But a lot of times it's like, I, like, Google, I'm glad you told me to be in the left lane or whatever. But I need to look at it. So I have a mental picture of, like, how close are we to the next exit? Or, you know, are there, is there another exit right before this one that's a little bit confusing? Or there's lots of things, visual things, that... You know, especially if you're driving on a road where there's, you know, poor signage and a lot of possibilities of this exit or that exit, where it wouldn't it be great if it could project, you know, helpful signage that's custom to you and your your route on top of the world you're looking at. Yeah, and I've there's I've seen some rough draft versions of that. Right, like there's in, demos. And well, I'm, I'm saying in some some cars I've been in where they project the speed limit. Um, and your current speed right. onto the windshield. It's like a heads-up display. Yeah, heads-up yeah. display on the windshield and maybe other things like that. And even mm -hmm. some like lane departure mm. warnings and things like that that, that could get into the, um, like turn the windshield into more of an augmented screen. Yeah, like, and I, th I think that's the, the next exit, level. The exit's coming up right. and let's start visualizing. You need to start merging over. And, right. and think about the, the, the tech that they're using for autonomous vehicles. Right. That's significant because that the vehicle has a has some model of the world that it's in has a lot of sensors and sensor data that's coming in and I think projecting something on the windshield I think that's why that's why it comes to mind is because it's like I've got this giant windshield I, I you can I, you don't need to put it on my glasses you could just put it on this yeah. glass that's right here uh, and so even if it's just like a countdown until your uh, exit. Right, so you could see like how many feet is it until the exit that I'm supposed to take, or like you said, the the speed limit, or other other useful information. So there is something really powerful I think about these external feedback loops that um, that I think are really um, really powerful and that aren't even high tech. So thinking of uh, police radar uh, when they set up uh, police radar, here is your speed. Right, and it's an unmanned. It's an un unpersoned. 
Thank you. Uh, feedback loop, external display, where you it's like and and it's here's the speed limit, here's your speed, and it flashes if it's and of course you know your speed. You can just look down at your speedometer; right. it's right there. It's putting it in context. It's putting in context. It's yeah. putting up there, and also. Um, I mean, Waze and some of these other apps too will have the speed limit, and they'll know your speed as well on mm. the app, and they'll it'll go red if you're going too fast or, or whatnot. But this is something you can ignore your app. Who cares? But this is something out there in the world, right. and it's it's showing your speed. And that's also um, one of the reasons why I like um, uh, Orange Theory, the the workout class I go to. The um, the that I don't think we've talked about on this podcast, but I've talked about it with you before. Uh, the you have a heart rate monitor, um, and then there are these uh, screens when you're on the treadmill, and there's a little kind of like iPad-sized display in front of you. And then there, throughout the room, though, are big TV screens showing your uh, your name and uh, what heart rate zone you're in. Mm. And so from from gray to blue to green so to orange sort of and red. public representation. Yeah, but you don't – I mean – it, it's it's semi anonymous, like it's, it's it like say it's, Brian well, it's, and it's, it's Brian W. Next. It's Brian W. And it's twenty or something like that, right? Okay. And there's no photo next to it, but like so, if someone knows my first name, and or if someone's running next to me, they can look over and see that my name's Brian, and then they can. But it's actually for the treadmill. When I'm on the treadmill, I tend to just look at the screen in front of me. But then when I'm on the rower, I have to look up because it's not on the rower. I have to look up at the screen. Okay. When I'm on the floor. Um, tend to not be in a you know a advanced heart rate on the floor but i have to look up at the tvs and there's something about i could also look at my watch and i have right. an apple watch that's tracking my heart rate but it doesn't do color coded <laughs> okay and it doesn't my apple watch doesn't and it doesn't and it, it's like just on my on my wrist and so i look at it and i'm like okay i guess i know my heart rate but there's something about seeing it out in the world out in the world yeah that's powerful i agree that there's uh, this is something I, I don't think i've thought about before which is the distance to our smartest devices is usually relatively short at arm's length. It's your phone, maybe your computer, or it's your watch. And all of those things are, are basically within arm's, length, arm, you know, arm's reach of, of you as a person. So we have come to associate, maybe accidentally, intelligence, responsiveness uh, of our machines with close something that's close by Mm. and that and that that mirrors the experience of being uh in an intimate setting with a fellow person right the person who's paying the most attention to us is likely to be the person who's right next to us who's at the cafe table whereas somebody who's across the block isn't paying attention to us as much just by distance but technology makes that less of a connection so theoretically you could have a network of sensors where you have a situation like you're talking about with the radar uh, detecting speed limit sign where at a distance, you know, hundreds of feet away, that sign knows your speed and can reflect your speed back to you. In the same way, you can imagine something in the future, you know, it's you're wearing a heart rate monitor at Orange Theory and the screen that's far away. So theoretically, you could have a screen, you could have a jumbotron with your face on it and your heart rate projected up there, right? You could imagine a, a sort of a pathologically um, personalized version of that. But that's a weird experience as a human because we're used to this mapping between sort of closeness and and intelligence or awareness. Whereas with technology, you can have things that are big and at a remove and far away from you that are nevertheless paying very close attention to who we are. So I saw something on Twitter or Reddit, something in these ephemeral web uh, many months ago, maybe six months ago or so, of somebody in China, in like an airport in China, which had um, massive uh, facial recognition software deployed. And somehow, like on the, I'm making all this up because this is a very fuzzy memory, but, and the, the, so I'm going to have the details wrong and everything else, but and this might be a made up story, or apocryphal. All that, are you ready? <laughs> Here it goes. That, that somehow he was like looking, um, at a sign in like a in the 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 tram in between terminals that and it somehow digitized it recognized his face and knew what gate he needed to get to and how long it was going to take him. Okay. But it was like kind of cool in some ways. Sure, because it's like, hey Brian, you need to go left for gate E twenty five. Yeah, but also that's like without him 
like swiping his boarding pass or anything like right. that. Just knew it. That's right. right. And then he's like, holy cow. It's an environment. It's like a, you're inside the machine. Right. But this idea of, remember, we should rewatch, uh, not, I always get it wrong. Uh, not, <laughs> what is it, Mission Impossible? It's Minority like, Report. Minority Report. Right. Uh, Minority Report is, I don't know if it's the most successful projection of the future, but it's got to be up there. They got so many things so right that it's easy to forget how far ahead it was. Right. Because I remember when it first came out and looking at it and being like, oh, that's really cool. And here we are looking at it and it's like, it's still cool, but it's not um, wowing anymore. Yeah. Because we have, it came out before multi-touch. Oh, right. It came out before, I remember seeing MIT demos of multi-touch in 2000. Like five. I remember those the YouTube videos. Yeah, it was the YouTube videos. And I was like, oh, wow, how cool is that? That you can put several fingers down on some glass and, and move this map around. That's really cool. Minority Report came out before that. And part of the reason they got it right is because Spielberg and they talked to people at MIT and stuff and said, what's coming out in the next like decade or two decades? Like, what can we reasonably say? And they were like, okay, self driving cars, multi touch. You know, uh, general purpose facial recognition. Facial recognition with uh, customized ads. With customized ads, right. And all these things, it's like, oh, okay, great. And they just had a big list, a really good list of a bunch of stuff, and they put it all in the movie. And it's like, oh, wow, that's uh, like the, you know, it's a little different around the details. Yeah. But surprisingly accurate. And and Tom Cruise still looks the same. He's uh, 90% the same. 90% 90% augmented reality? It's most, mostly due to advances in augmented reality. Okay, what's the next topic? Inbox counts. Inbox counts? Like how many, uh, you know, the little red circle? The, in, the like red notification. How many unread emails you have in your inbox? Yeah. So this is a topic I care deeply about. Yeah. And there are two types of people. Are there? There are those at least who can count. Those, those who uh, like to keep those red notifications to close to zero as possible. Right. And monsters. <laughs> okay. Th- those are the two types of people. Yeah. Uh, when a friend of ours is a monster. Uh, well, I have several friends who are monsters uh, in, in, on this on this issue, and it really, it literally, it causes me such anxiety. Have you ever seen I a four-digit number? I've seen, I've seen a five-digit number. It's not a high score. I've seen a five-digit number on an email. I would love to go to the person who designed the red at Apple, who designed the original red dot and say to them, how big do you think that little red circle, how wide does that need to get? Mm. Cause think about it, like they designed it for like whatever they thought the normal number of unread messages was. How many unread messages could a person possibly have? Single digit, <laughs> maybe a double digit. Okay, maybe. it's a busy day. We'll make it, we'll make it enough for three digits. Yeah, like, it's like this F, thing. F it all, we're going five digits. <laughs> That's exactly right. So uh, it really so I I uh, I don't like seeing those red notifications ever. Okay. So it's almost, it's like a it's a it's this is a a, a peculiar quirk to me. I get it, uh, but I I like I don't get to uh, people talk about um, inbox, inbox zero. zero. I don't get to inbox zero ever. Okay, ever no, because huh. I also I and I'm not good about my inbox like management. Um, but I because I don't delete and I don't file, but I read or at least. Mark as read. Okay, fine. And I don't like having unread items in my inbox. Okay. Um, and I flag and I do certain other kind Some of Some people treat the inbox, like everyone chooses what, the, what the, the semantics of what that number means. Some people it's a to-do, right? Like if you see that, like unread, even though they might have looked at it, means it's a thing they still have to do. Whereas it seems like for you, you're treating it as a pure, it's I need to read that. That's, yeah. that's all it means to you. Yeah, and then you use other things for for uh, marking it as a, a thing you need to do. Yeah, okay. Um, but it's it it literally causes me anxiety when I see you know it's just a high number, and especially if they have it on multiple apps, or it's like oh well, I can understand if maybe your native um, uh, Apple uh, Mail app has has maybe that's your your personal account that you just use for like newsletters or junk mail. So I know people give that excuse like oh that's not my real email uh, inbox. Right. Okay. It's just a junk mail inbox. That's fine. But I I I have friends who have multiple types of apps, you know, think about dating apps and other things where they have multiple of those notification So alerts you're so you're you're breaking give me this out uh, of beyond the just pure inbox. email inbox. Be- beyond beyond just uh, you're talking email about the r- red circle. You're talking the, about the measles of the, the red circles. The red notification circles. And when and when I, I see somebody who has 
apps and apps full of you know well, high number yeah that gives me such anxiety like it's like whack-a-mole you're like get to work people. to me it is whack-a-mole so yeah. i treat it like whack-a-mole i want it to be do you so do you turn off because what i do is i turn off notifications except for me my my personal policy is default off for notifications yes so when an app asks can we send you notifications the answer is no yeah unless you're sort of whitelisted so there's a few that i know that i want one of which is like you know uh, email and a couple others but for the most part i don't want notifications i will check the apps that i need to check frequently enough without being pinged and like you it causes anxiety yeah and i actually it's, I, I interestingly so i, I do get notifications for uh, my texts and my uh, my Gmail and my WhatsApp. Okay. Um, but not for my work email, which is yeah, I turned that off. Which is in its own. Well, I, t- I check it often enough. I'm going to check it. Right. Like if I need to know if I'm curious about whether or not I have a work email on my phone and I, because I'm not on my computer for some reason, I'm going to check it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, although I do find myself checking it maybe too often, like the, so 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 much so that it might be helpful if I did have the notifications yeah. on. But so I. Uh, I, I have, uh, I don't know if you know this, I actually do another podcast, uh, for work. Uh, what's that? I do another podcast beyond this podcast. Another one. A different podcast. Have we talked about this? Uh, I mean, you and I have talked about this. We've not talked about this on this, uh, this podcast. Okay. Um, podcasts on podcasts on podcasts. Um, and the, the people I coordinate with, uh, for that, like our technical producer and the two other, my two co-hosts. They email me my work email mm-hmm. and my Gmail. So it sounds like a redundancy. Well, they do it because we 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 share the scripts through Google uh, Docs, and uh, so we do need to collaborate using that Gmail. Um, but for scheduling and everything else, I I organize my life through my work email, and and I really don't like getting both emails sent. And so I've 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 had to I you know I, I had to give a gentle reminder and yeah. then like a like it, it all very a, friendly. A less gentle reminder. No, but just a in, Swedish in, reminder. Uh, uh, trying to be uh, deep as, tissue reminder. But but it really, I my 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 request to them was couldn't it have been friendlier, especially compared to the the unreasonable anger on my part. You're talking about the delta between how you feel. And the delta be, between and what, how I feel what revealing and, to your, and what to your I reveal is, is very high. So, and I understand that this is totally irrational. But you wanted to flip a table over. Whenever I get both e- email sent to both, how dare they? Well, I really I, try I, to get in touch with me. I know that it's irrational. For this commitment, I know that it's I've not reasonable. To. I know it. I know it. Um, and that's why I my reaction it's very, I would say, normal, professional, friendly. But simmering under that. the surface. But no, because I just, I just simmer. You just bottle it all up. I bottle it up silently. Stuff it's just, it all it's down. just for, it's just for. That's just Brian anger, right? <laughs> that's just, that's just my. And because I don't. Just a little Irish coming out of me. Because, because then, because it, 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 I, I get the the red notifications on that Gmail, and then it's well, I've already seen these emails, my work email. What, what? And and then I get calendar invites on the Gmail too, which drives me crazy too, because I can't manage my calendar that way. Um, anyway, it's it's really. Really bizarre. Have you successfully me. communicated I am, I am, your email preferences? I have. Did you? Well, e- no. I. I. I, I have you I have communicated with, them? I'm not sure if I've successfully communicated. That's them. what I mean. Have you affected change? Do you have a theory of change for this particular uh, topic? How uh, are you going to impact this problem you have? Are you trying to drive me crazy right now? I can tell you what the outcomes are. All right. Uh, what's the next topic? Cocktails. Cocktails. Uh, yeah. I. So. If I, I offered you a cocktail, not necessarily right now, but like just in general, your 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 reaction is likely to be, sure. Well, some people are going to be like, you know, strongly in po- in favor or not, yeah, or something in the middle. So I think uh, I used to be uh, indifferent to skeptical about cocktails, and I, I, I remember, or maybe almost. I was off-put by them. It, it felt yeah. like there's a, to me, it, it seemed like there's a pretension to them. And when people talk about mixologists and, you know, yeah. and uh, I thought there was, um, it was just a lot of work and effort and, ugh, and, and, and for, for, and for what? And for what? And then, uh, then I just 
got into them and <laughs> I, I i really like them and Do, in, can you can you remember a time when this shifted like when you know how, how did you turn the corner did you have like was there one night when like uh, a particular bartender changed your life <laughs> was there a was there a drink where you started getting into a particular kind of cocktail or you went to a certain place more than once and you're like oh i'm, I'm kind of into it now uh i th- i don't think it was uh i don't think it was at a at a bar uh but i think it was at at um a friend or family member's house. I remember my, my home, a home cocktail, a home. Cocktails. Yeah. And I remember actually visiting my uncle, um, and, uh, several years ago and he made, uh, martinis and I, I think I'd had a martini before maybe. Right. Um, and, but I didn't really, you feel w- like you'd never had like a martini, a great martini, a great martini. And I didn't even know, I mean, even though it's pretty simple, it's in it, but I didn't know, um, I hadn't, re- I wouldn't order it my own on my sure. own and all those kind of things. And, and uh, he made it, and he like chilled the glass beforehand, and it, it was a whole. And I was like, "Oh, this is, this is good. It was, it was delicious." And, right. And it, um, I think part of it is that for so many cocktails, the margin where you can have too much or not enough of a of a ingredient, where the where the ratio of the ingredients can be wrong, is surprisingly narrow. Where yes, there's a broad range of possibilities where people would agree yes that's a martini or yes that's a whatever drink but for it to be good and i just mean kind of good in a a a subjective you like it kind of way i think that's a narrow window for a lot of people where so what what people have a lot of martinis they're like oh i must must not like a martinis and then they have them from the uncle who takes a lot of pride in it and does it just right and they're like oh this is really good and it's like yeah he hit the sweet spot the sweet spot on the golf club is small or or, or the savory spot so to speak um and and i think uh, I used to have Cosmos, Cosmopolitans, because just like a uh, Sex in the City stereotype, right? And I can't imagine. I, how, I won't judge you for that. I know this, this, this was my youth, um, but I now so a while ago, <laughs> so a long time ago. Uh, I so I now have um, I have a kind of a variety of drinks that I would like, but I have probably two go to you know, cocktails that I enjoy. In, in the winter months, I tend to enjoy a Manhattan hmm. up. And in... Can, can I ask you a question? You may. What's that mean? <laughs> um, up is in a martini glass, uh, not on the rocks is with ice. So I know what on the rocks means. I thought the opposite was going to be a martini down. Oh, sorry, a, a Manhattan down. Uh but it's not. It's you're saying the up. Why isn't? It, oh, straight up is up. Straight up. Got well, it. yeah, um, uh, yeah. And then neat is um, one ice cube. No, uh, uh, I'm sorry, no ice cubes. Just like pour me the drink. So I'll have a yeah. Like, so what's up? Up is a cocktail. Yeah. The, the, uh, in a martini in, glass. In a martini glass. Okay. But without ice. Yeah. Got it. But you chill the martini glass. Yeah. You got to have that glass being. And the trick my uncle used is he filled it with cold water in it yeah. and set it aside while he made the martini. That seems like a good strategy. Um, what I've taken to is uh, putting the martini glasses in the freezer while I make that also Manhattan. Seems like and, a good and it actually and it, it does the trick. Without frosted. Frosted. It's so, not really frosted, but it's chilled. Yeah. Um, and it comes out somewhat frosted when you pull it out immediately. Yeah. Um, but it does this trick and it without wasting quote unquote wasting ice. Right. So that's your winter drink. That's my winter drink. And then I, and I do still like, um, a gin martini a little bit dirty, um, in, in other months. What's dirty mean? Uh, a little bit of the olive juice. Okay. Um, Is it always olive juice? Yeah, the juice, the, not olive oil, but the, no, the it, juice from the olives. I'm not confusing olive juice and olive yeah. oil. You just put, pour, yeah. And, and so, and if I wanted some olive oil, what's the code word for that? Uh, Spill it. <laughs> the, the, the code is, I don't know what I'm doing here. <laughs> uh, with a twist, it means with a little bit of lemon. Okay. Um, but so this actually happened. Uh, friends had us over for New Year's. And if these friends ever listen to this podcast, which I don't think they ever will. Uh, Let's see if we can get them to listen to Nope. It. Love you guys. This Thank you. You guys are great. Episode? We had a wonderful time. What do you um, really think of them? But uh, I, I know this about them, that they, they like old fashions, which is another bourbon or rye, uh, but t- tends to be bourbon-based drink, similar to Manhattan in some ways, um, but it's with simple syrup. Okay. Um, and it's much sweeter. And you also do an orange, slice of orange instead of a, a cherry. But couldn't you 
choose to make it more or less sweet? Well, no, because you need vermouth, sweet vermouth, to go into Manhattan, and in a, in a uh, old fashioned doesn't have vermouth. Okay. Um, and so. We brought over bourbon, and um, they're like, great. We have simple syrup. We're going to make old fashions. I was like, I actually don't like old fashions. I really don't. I've, I've just got it. Like, uh, uh, You're a modern man. No. It's too sweet for me. They're just, I just got it. I have a taste for Manhattans, and that's what I prefer. Anyway, so, uh, <laughs> so they said, oh, um, we don't have any vermouth, but sure. there's a – liquor store across the street just go get some vermouth. And i'm like great i'm out i'm there gonna go get it and they, no 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 and they said no no one of them insisted like really vehemently insisted as the host and this and that yeah so i was like uh, and and i wasn't doing it just to be nice it was yeah. kind of like because why uh, would you well, well i was trying to be nice and also okay. like if I, I but also i uh knew i wanted a particular vermouth and i knew that it could be one of those things that someone could mess up this is where, like, you're seeing the future. I'm seeing the future. I'm a little... Uh, this is an uh, experience we have with children all the time. Minority like, report. I, uh, I know I know what's about to happen. Right. You're about to fall down. Well, I, you're I, about to spill I the know, milk. I know You're about one, to hit your sister. One, it's, not, it's not the most likely, but I know a possible scenario. Oh, 100%. That is... You just say it, 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 it's not unlikely. It's not unlikely. And... And they're also different brands, and you want, and right. I, I've gotten a taste. You know what you want. I know. You know that conveying that is not short fire, and you just want to go get it. And then so, uh, there are two two types of vermouth. At least two. Like, I'm not an expert in any of this, but this is the, the knowledge I've learned over the years. Two types of vermouth: red and green, sweet and and dry. Um, and uh, Manhattan's are made with sweet vermouth, the red uh, vermouth. Uh, usually the bottles are red or labeled red somehow. Um, and then martinis are made with dry vermouth. Now, you might think sweet, dry, you know. How much difference was, could it make? Yeah, it's it's <laughs> very different. Yeah. Very, very different. So he came back with dry vermouth with a green bottle. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, thank you so much. Um, so turns out I, this isn't the right one. He's like, oh, well. It's like I actually had a debate with the guy, but evidently, evidently that was the only one they had. Which I'm not, I'm not 100% sure that that's the case. But he said it's the only one they had left. I was like, all right, fine. So they they didn't have the ingredient, but they didn't have the ingredient. This is not right. You can't do it. This now. is not a substitute. This right. is not. A, um, I ended up drinking champagne the whole night, um, <laughs> which is fine. Um, and uh, it, it <laughs> I don't know where I'm going with all this, except for I've uh, the 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 ingredients in a cocktail. Um, are important. It's kind of like a baker. When when you're baking yes. a cake, there are ingredients and they're precise and there's a science to it yes. and an art to it. But it's not like when you're cooking, you can kind of put in a pinch of this or a right. dab of cooking that. When you're baking, baking you need... So you're saying cocktails are closer to a science. I think cocktails can are closer to, to a are, are closer to baking than they are to cooking. Um, now that doesn't mean that there's not a lot of innovation, and you know I'm I'm, I'm open. Well, there's to plenty of innovation in baking, but it's just like the I think this is what I mean when I say if you don't get the ratios right, it's like the sweet spot is small. I think of that with baking. With cooking, I feel like there's a lot of possibility of interpretation where different people like different things, but it's not as unforgiving of getting the ratios wrong. Whereas with with baking, if if you get the you know you get the wrong amount of uh, baking powder or baking soda or something, it's like oh yeah, these cookies you know are too fluffy or too dry or too too crumbly or whatever it is. And it feels like with with cocktails, there's a similar dynamic where if you get dry vermouth, you just can't make it work. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, there are some places. So one of my problems with cocktails is that now I've gotten a taste for like the finer things and I like now making what's, these cocktails. Where, when I say, when I say what's the best cocktail you've ever had, I'm not asking for a particular drink or particular situation. I'm kind of asking what are the kind of places that come to mind? Hmm. I think uh, in, a, in a friend's home or in a, in a, in a cocktail bar, different. Very much so. Think of a martini glass um, or a, a, co- a cocktail glass. It's, um, you have to be very careful with it. It can spill easily. You have to uh, have a place to put it down. Um, and that's in some ways by design, right? Um, so it, it's supposed to be enjoyed. So it's fussy by design? It's fussy by design, uh, <laughs> which maybe should be my tagline. Um, <laughs> it's a T-shirt. Actually, that's actually – now I have some friends that should wear that T-shirt, fussy by design. Um, 
And Are those the same friends who don't listen to this podcast? Yes, the okay. same, sorry, same friends. Uh, and the so you the the ambiance. I think a, a I, I do like a quiet. Well, you know my rules about my ways that I evaluate uh, a restaurant or a bar is um, across a couple different dimensions. One is the lighting. Okay. The other is the sound. Okay. Um, and third is the atmosphere overall, which the lighting and the sound are big contributors to. Um, and kind of a, a a thing that's like almost like a, a, a I don't even evaluate it, it's just like go no go if there's a TV on. Mm. Uh, now it can be a screen that has an art display of some sort, but if it's a live TV being shown, I'm not interested. Yeah. It, especially as yeah, like so those are. Restaurant and right. ideally not for a bar either. Yeah. Um, so for me, the best place to enjoy a cocktail is in a, an establishment that where you can have a quiet conversation with a few people, not uh, a table full of lots of friends. Uh-huh. A few people, one one to four people. Okay. Um, and over, you know, with like low lighting. Yeah. Um, maybe light piano music playing. Yeah. Um, and are you designing a restaurant? Uh, I, I I am maybe, and, and no, that's the experience that I really like. And I would say, uh, you know, it doesn't have to have the dark wood paneling or those, but it helps. But that helps. But that no, <laughs> it does help. Um, but, but one of my problems is like when I now go out to like just a regular bar, uh, meeting up with people for a drink or something. I don't like beer. Like beer fills me up too 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 much. Yeah. Um, and I, it's it just doesn't sit with me well, and tends to be at those kind of bars too. The it's not like they have good wine at all. Like it's not even and and then so th- then what kind of cocktail do I get? Yeah, well, I'm so not going to order. What are you going to get? And so I end up getting like ugh, vodka soda or something, you know, like that. That's something, just a simple, basic. just something basic, but not a cocktail cocktail. Something that's just going to no. come in a in a glass. But it doesn't. It, but it seems like it's just the case then that there's nothing for you. There's nothing for that's not it's. So you so you would classify yourself if if there are broad categories of beer and wine and cocktails. You're a cocktails guy. I'm a cocktails and wine guy. Okay. So if they and, had good wine, you'd be satisfied. With yeah, and but just almost, not beer. Just not beer. But I'm also, but but it's not like I'm. Maybe I am a snob. Maybe I'm like clearly defining myself as one. But uh, I'm not into. I'm into artisanal cocktails, if you will, and I'm into a wide range of wines. I'm not that much of a wine snob. I'll drink a lot of different things, um, and. Uh, with beer, though, I'm not into artisanal beer at all, okay. but I'm into a Corona Light, a Bud Light, a Guinness. Like that, <laughs> you, like, you like your basic beers. I'm, I'm, I'm a if I'm if I'm drinking beer, I'm good with like Bud, uh, Bud Light. You want something that you want some beer flavored water? How dare you? This Bud's for you. Okay, what's the next topic? <laughs>